You're listening to Miss Understood Podcast, where we are setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall Sabraki, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, wife, and U.S. Navy Lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up, world? We are back with another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. It is a gloomy, cloudy Chicago morning. And of course, I have neighbor, bestie, therapist, Sam Hardy on the show. Sam, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I couldn't be more excited. It's uh, this is again, it's a selfish in nature. Every time I have you, I'm like, okay, therapy session. Oh. Yay. Because on our day to day combos, like you give me great advice always, obviously, but I can't always, I don't always tap into the therapist side because I don't want you to feel like I'm using you for being a therapist. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but I'm like, totally. hey, Sam, like, how do you feel about this as a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 100%. No, and I've told Kelly before, it's the whole thing. It's the most frustrating thing that so many people misunderstand really about therapy, which is you can't have dual relationships, yeah. right? So I can only be your therapist and a client can only be my client. I can't be friends with them. I can't be you know, their family. I can't have any other relationship. It's crazy. Which is wild. So yeah, yeah. But it's such a joy being with you. And I mean, even the, um, I mean, you, you say our time together is like a therapy session. I mean, say, vice versa. You're the sweetest in the world. And thanks. The best advice, as all of your listeners know. Oh my God. <laughs> the therapist saying that really just oh. means a lot. Well, you know, as we discussed before we started the show, I really want you to drive this conversation as the subject matter expert because it's a unique one. So, you know, diving right in, like, what would you say is really like the most misunderstood about unlocking your mission or kind of tapping into that potential? Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited today to talk a little bit about our inner knowing, right? Mm. And I, I think this is something in our fast paced world today that we don't have a lot of time to tap into always. I mean, I first want to describe what it is, right? Or at least the way that I'll work with it in session with clients. So our inner knowing is sort of like our gut feeling, right? It's the part that knows the answer. Hmm. It's informed by our communities, our gender identities, our faith. But it is, for a lot of us, what is right and true and steady and certain deep within us, right? Glennon Doyle talks about how her knowing feels like warm liquid gold filling her veins and nudging her towards the next right thing. Wow. Right? So it's, I mean, an inner compass, if you will, an inner wisdom, an inner intuition. And it also stands oftentimes in opposition to outer approval. And I wonder, just right off the bat, Kelly, I'm wondering how you are visualizing your own inner knowing right now, just hearing a little bit about it. That's a great question. I immediately, so many people ask like how I am the way I am or like why I do what I do or like why, why, why I'm so multi-passionate or where did it come from? And I always say like, I've always been this way. Mm-hmm. I've always been this way. I've always been like trying to do the next most challenging thing because for me, when I do that and I achieve that, then I find that like pride in myself and that passion and then more passion is derived from that. So I don't know. It's just, it's like that kind of that fabric of who I am, 
But like you said, that's in tangent with like that outside approval, which can be conflicting. Oh yeah. You know, constantly conflicting. So yeah, I, I I think back to that. I think it's like just kind of always how I've been. Is that right? Is that how it should be? No, there's no no such thing as should. I, I love everything that you're saying. That's actually a funny quote that some therapists will say, which is, we want to stop shooting all over ourselves. Shooting, shooting. <laughs> that's because right. It's it's that word that tells us that something on the outside of us expects something of us mm-hmm. versus tapping into that inner knowing of what we really feel. I will say when we're when we're talking about connecting with our inner knowing, I, I want to jump over to this really quick. Some of the questions that I'll ask sometimes a client if they're interested in learning a little bit more about it for themselves, and I'd love to ask you a couple of them. Oh yes. Oh no, no, no. You've already. I'm, I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question is one that I just love. And it actually comes from my mentor, Dr. Alexandra Solomon's book called Loving Bravely. She talks a little bit, yeah, she talks about getting to know your gut, right? That gut feeling inside of you. And her question, one of her reflection questions or relational self-awareness questions is, in what ways did your family honor your inner knowing? I feel like they honored, but also like celebrated The qualities that made me me, uh, my mom and my dad, they wouldn't challenge it. Like they would really, when I had an idea or a thought, like they would celebrate it and want to amplify it. For example, when I was in third grade, I was like, I want to be a writer. And I started like writing all these books. And my gut was telling me like, I have a creative side. Mm. You know, like no, my mom didn't sit down and say like, Kelly, you can be creative. I was just like, I want to do this or I want to do that. So in third grade, I wanted to write books. And so I started writing and they were like, this is awesome. Like, I love that you're creative. You're so talented. And like you have potential to be a writer or a journalist. And in third grade, like you're so malleable. All I knew is I had something that I like wanted to do and this like fire inside of me that wanted to create, but I didn't necessarily know what that meant. And they helped kind of like craft that and be like, hey, like, you are showing us an example of creativity. Let's figure out a way to like get building blocks toward making that a cemented part of your future and like utilize that. So yeah, they, and they did that always. Anytime I always came to them, it's inception came from my heart and like my soul, whatever that idea was or whatever that value was, I want to do this. And they'd be like, that's great. Like, let's see how we can take that and, and make it bigger. They planted seeds of confidence in me, but a lot of those came from like my heart and how I like we said, my fabric of like who I was. And to this day, they're like, whose kid are you? (laughs) Or like, where do you get this stuff? Like how, you know, where do you think of this stuff? But they are always ready to celebrate it, which is really, really cool. Oh, it's such a joy hearing about that. I I think too of my family growing up and right, the little ways, the little ways in which they foster that thing inside of you that says you can do this or this feels good. This feels right. Yeah. I know when I was much, much younger, sort of like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, we had those middle school dances. And for anyone who went to middle school with me, I would always choose. I wish I knew middle school, Sam. I literally wish I knew middle school. You were probably the sweetest little angel with braces. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. You are so sweet. Well, this part is going to make you laugh. So there was something. and, And I think our inner knowing can tell us big things and it can tell us little things. And this was a little thing for me. There was something inside of me that said, 
I feel the most connected to myself when I attend these junior high dances, I right? Love it. When I'm wearing a tool tutu. <laughs> Okay. So not like a ballet tutu, you know, the ones that stick out really like sharply. Yeah. This was sort of like a fluffier tutu that my mom and I found uh, somewhere at a store nearby. Hot pink, right? I'd wear it with like a t-shirt and sneakers. And I felt so connected. I felt so empowered and proud and bouncy and fun. And it just, I can't even describe the feeling walking into these little dances where everyone would wear jean shorts and tank tops, right? And I'm wearing a tool tutu. But (laughs) the only thing I can say is that instead of my mom saying, which, oh my goodness, the picture's looking back, bless her for letting me walk out of the house with that tutu. But she never questioned it. It was always like, yes, that feels good to you wear it. Do it. Like you look amazing. Go out, have fun. And I feel like in those little ways, that's helping me cultivate my inner knowing Mm -hmm. because something inside of me is telling me this feels good. Mm -hmm. And then I have that sort of a support from my family too. Yeah. And not to derail your questions, I know you have several and I want to get into them, but one of the things I always talk about when I do any sort of public speaking, especially with like high school and below, I always, I have this speech where I talk about like the phrase, why not? And why that's so powerful. And, you know, because my inner self, my inner knowing would be like, Kelly, like, wear the blazer and pantsuit to school because you feel fabulous when you do. Or Kelly, like wear makeup to your track meets because you feel fabulous when you're put together. But then that outside, right? We talked about that, Mm -hmm. like outside opinions would be like, why are you doing this? Or why are you just like that? Or, you know, whatever. And then I would take it to my mom Mm. and she'd always say, why not? Mm. You know, like I'd be like, mom, like, you know, I feel like people are gonna make fun of me if I dress, you know, the way that I want to at school. I want to be really fashionable and wear cute fits that, you know, I dreamed about being in New York and I was in a small town in Virginia. You know, people were like, what what the heck are you wearing? And she'd be like, why not? Why can't, why can't you be that person? Why can't you wear the heels to school? Like, who cares? You're only in ninth grade. Like, you know, express your femininity or why can't you, you know, wear makeup and that, those little things again, like that's that family like support. So I always speak to, and that later led to me going to the Naval Academy because she'd be like, why not? You know? So anyways, family, I completely believe in this, like amplify that message. Oh, I, gosh, thank you, Kelly. I love that. I love that. There's a follow-up question that Dr. Solomon poses that I also want us to reflect on. We don't have to answer it here, but something also for your listeners to reflect on. And that is, in what ways did your family's dynamics take you out of contact with your inner voice? Mm. And I think that's also a powerful question, right? There are so many of us that have moments of support from our families, but also there are things that they might tell us or share with us that take us sort of out of our body and into what's, what quote unquote, what we should do. Yeah. And part of that is just part of being a child, Mm -hmm. right? Like our families are going to tell us, you know, hey, you should do this or do that. There's a part of rule following when you're a kid that sort of just has to happen. But there's a deeper part of it that some of us, I don't know, I think I think it sticks with us. Mm. And I, I won't stay on this one too long, but in my own personal life, I think a lot about my tendency to people please. Mm. I, I mean, I, I have 
always, always loved and trusted in what my parents have said growing up. And that's absolutely cultivated my inner knowing. But it's difficult, of course, going out into the world now. And if someone suggests something or implies something, that can be, you know, kind of seen in strong contradiction to, I don't know, I think my inner knowing can get confused sometimes. And I'm sure a lot of people experience that too. Yeah. I want to move on sort of very similar to that, to that question I think I've had several clients ask me this question, which I love, which is, how do I know what is my inner knowing, my gut feeling, and what's my anxiety, right? Like, which one of these things is talking to me? Okay. I think a lot of times when we're dating, this comes up, right? Maybe we're dating someone, we've been on multiple dates with them, Mm. all of a sudden, quote unquote, the vibe is off, right? Something's Mm. not working. And I think there can be a big question there, right? Is this just my anxiety about something or is this a deeper knowing that this just isn't going to work out? Yeah. And I also love what Dr. Solomon says about this in, in her book, Loving Bravely. She talks about how anxiety for, for many, is it feels like a tightness in your chest mm-hmm. and it feels like frantic racing thoughts in your mind. Whereas your gut feeling is raw and primary and unfiltered. And it's sort of like a low, slow tightening in your chest. Yeah. Right? I think it's a really interesting delineation when yeah. we're talking about the difference. And I wonder how that lands for you, Kelly, if if you've ever wondered, oh, is this just sort of an anxious thought of mine or is this something deeper? I, I'm sitting here reflecting. I Yeah, in a relationship, I can totally see that because I've had things in the past where, you know, rela- my relationship didn't work out, but... I had anxiety about X, Y, and Z, and you're right. Like you, it can be different in that context. But then I switch gears and I think about how my gut feeling and my anxieties are sometimes very closely tied when I think about, for example, social media. Like I am on this journey really by myself. I have support from all my peers, you, also, you know, my family, all that. But like there's not a, a book, there's not a textbook that says like, ooh, you're sharing too much. Ooh, you're sharing too little. Oh, you're not being transparent enough. Oh, like that's a little controversial. Like there's no guidebook or roadmap. So there will be times when I'm anxious about something I just shared. And then I always like stop and reflect like why. And I do the same thing when I get like a gut feeling about something like, no, I shouldn't share that. I stop and I reflect why. And so those are so closely tied for me because like that's my roadmap really since I don't have one. I just have to go with, again, like you said, my inner knowing of, okay, like I want to share about a problem I'm having at work candidly. But my gut is telling me, that might be too much. And then I have tapped into more of like, okay, why do I think it's too much? And have you heard of the five whys? Mm, say more. Okay. Oh. As a therapist, you're going to love this. I, I am not prepared. So I, I can't remember the person. You can, we can Google it, but there is like a theory of the f- if you ask five whys, you'll get to the root of any problem. Oh, I love that. And a lot in the Navy, like as a leader, you're told to do this because your sailor will come to you with a problem and be like, Sir, like I can't come into work on Tuesday. Why can't you come into work on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I need to watch my kids. Why do you need to watch your kids? Well, my kids are having issues at daycare. And okay, why are there issues at daycare? Okay, well, you know, our, our funding isn't 
it coming through or something like that. Okay, like why isn't your funding coming through? Because you know, literally after asking five whys, you'll typically get to the root of the problem. Ooh. I do this all the time when I self reflect about, like you said, that delineation between anxiety and that gut feeling. Because if I'm anxious about something, when I ask myself the five whys, I'll typically get to like, why am I anxious about that? Mm. And it, if it comes down to like, I'm afraid of what people will think, then I'm like. Again, why am I afraid of what people think? Oh, because they might unfollow me. Who cares? Then they unfollow you. Or I'm like, oh, because deep down, this isn't really my brand. My brand is to be more positive and not to always shed light on like the negative. Like how can I twist this into a positive thing? So long-winded way of saying like that's kind of sometimes you're closely tied and I just reflect a lot, but I think it's different in like the context that you're looking at it. You know what I mean? Like relational or in my case, like through passions. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Gosh, that's so interesting. I'm thinking a lot too. I taught a therapist yeah. on no, today. No, I love that. I love that. My wheels are turning too. I think it's really interesting too when we're talking about a gut feeling, our inner knowing and anxiety. And it, it just leads me to, I'm just thinking about how all of our emotions are data. Yeah right? Everything that we feel inside of us, it's really good data. And it's so amazing that you check in with yourself. I think for many, I mean, it can be so difficult when we feel maybe that gut clench, like, oh, something, something's wrong, right? There's like a moral dilemma I'm facing, or there's a big decision I have to make and I'm trying to figure it out. I love the idea of inquiring, being curious, asking, oh, why, why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Is this something from deep within me and my values? Or is this something that I've been taught or an expectation that someone has of mm-hmm. me? Right. Again, delineating between what is my inner knowing and what is someone's expectation of me. Yeah. It's really interesting. As we're talking about connecting with that inner knowing, I want to share a little bit about a model of therapy called Internal Family Systems. Mm-hmm. This is created by Richard Schwartz. It's a very complex and unbelievable model. I won't get too deep into the specifics, but there's a part of it that I, there's a framework that he talks about that I kind of love referencing when talking about when having this inner knowing conversation. So he talks about how each of us have a capital S self. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this self is really who we truly are. And it's a core expression of the goodness and the beauty inside of us. Right. It's like our self. Yeah. And the self is characterized by what he names the eight C's. Okay. So now we have the five Y's and the eight C's. I know. Okay. Hopefully everyone's taking notes. I right love now. this. <laughs> so the eight C's are compassion, curiosity, clarity, creativity, calm, confidence, courage, and connectedness. Wow. And so those eight C's sort of make up our self, right? The self that, you know, in the context of IFS, internal family systems, sort of, you know, gets behind the driver's seat and and drives the rest of us, the rest of our parts. Even, even though the IFS self is a bit different than our gut feeling, I still love using some of these C words when inquiring about a client's inner knowing. So a question I might ask is, what are you doing when you feel most confident, creative, and connected. I love that. Right? What is the experience like and where does it sit in your body? 
And so I would ask you, Kelly, what are the ways in which you get in touch with this inner goodness and knowing? Like, where do you get into that flow state? I was hoping you were going to ask me this question because I'm sitting, my brain is like, literally the sparks are like flying off. Um, Because this is, you always validate me so much because I'm really proud of like how much I tune into this part of myself. And like, like I said, tap into it, reflect. Because exactly what you're saying, like when I was at the lowest points in my life, I did exactly what you're saying. And I would be like, okay, like I'm not happy with where I'm at right now. When do I feel the most confident? When do I like love the environment that I'm in? You know, when do all of those things. So to answer your question, I realize I feel the most confident when I have a full face of makeup on and I have a kick butt outfit. Not just like a cute sweater from Abercrombie, like statement making, head turning outfit on. Like I love that because it's a form of expression for me. I feel the most confident when I'm in a room full of women that I connected. Like not just a room full of women that I don't know yet, but like a room full of women that I brought together and I see them connecting, I that makes my heart melt. Like that's so empowering for me. And then in addition to that, like when I can, I feel the most confident whenever I feel like I speak and people actually like took away pieces of what I said mm-hmm. to use toward their own life and impacted them in a positive way. So that's why I host things like women's brunches. That's why I host things like women empowerment dinner. That's why I rent all my outfits. So I always feel like I am Jennifer Lopez walking through the streets of Chicago and my bomb fits. Like I do all of these things because now I'm like, life is so short not to tap into that confidence all the time. Mm. And then people say, how are you so confident? Because I do those things. Like you said, I, I, I figured them out and I love those moments. And I don't want to have them, like you said, your tutu you wore (laughs) at the dance, you know, like I want to wear my tutu every day. You know, I want to feel that confident every day, not just when the dance falls, you know? Yes. Oh, you know, there's a sort of a quick tip that I have absolutely used in session before. Would love to share with your listeners. Please. Um, I think, I think the conversation we're having right now aligns very closely with this idea of an embodiment, Mm. right? Like really tapping into our bodies and moving from a place of connectedness with our bodies. There's an author and therapist named Dr. Hilary McBride. She's fantastic. She has a book called The Wisdom of Your Body, I believe. Oh, wow. Wonderful. But there's a quote of hers that I love, and that is, self-trust, agency, and empowerment are bodily processes that are developed through bodily experience and engagement with the world around us. I love that quote. And and I think she's touching upon this idea of building trust within yourself by listening to your body in small ways. One tip that listeners can do sort of all the time is check in with themselves using the HALT check-in. So this check-in was originally... You have so many tips for us oh, today. Oh I like. I wish I had Google up right now as you were saying all these things. Like so much. I have to link all of this information. Would love that. Would love that. Thank you for bearing with me. Yes. Been, I'm so excited to be able to share Class all this. Classes in session, folks. <laughs> I love that. So this, so this HALT check-in, it was created by a psychiatrist named David Stream. 
and it's actually frequently used in rehabilitation programs, Mm. but it can be really used by anyone. And I have talked to clients about this. So the HALT check-in, it's an acronym that stands for four different words, and that is hunger, anger, lonely, and tired. And so we can use this HALT check-in any time of the day where we pause for a moment, HALT, if you will, and say to yourself, okay, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Or am I tired? And the reason this is such a beautiful check-in is because those four different things can really impact the way that we move about the world, we treat others, we treat ourselves, right? And so just being able to check in with yourself and ask your body, right, form a little bit of a connection with your own body and say, okay, am I hungry right now? Do I need a little snack? Do I need a meal? Am I feeling angry? Do I need to take a deep breath, do a little bit of a meditation, a prayer, check in. Mm-hmm. Am I feeling lonely? Do I need to text a friend, call a parent, just like check in with someone? Am I feeling tired? Did I get some not so great sleep tonight and maybe that or last night, excuse me, and maybe that's contributing to why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. So it's just a little exercise to help us tune into our bodies and therefore start creating cultivating a little bit of trust with our inner selves. That is so incredible because I feel this to my core, but you know who does the Holt method on me? Mm. Austin. So like if I'm grumpy, like (laughs) if I'm grumpy gills, he'll be like, Co, why are you so angry? Or he'd be like, did you, did you not sleep well last night? And I'm like, no, actually I didn't. He goes, okay. You know, why don't you just lay down on the couch? (laughs) Because I'm typically directing it at him. And same thing with like, hungry like (laughs) there's that meme it's like sorry for what I said before I ate like you know before I ate lunch or whatever that's literally me when I get like super hangry he just like knows to like just ease off he's like okay we're gonna get just some food you know and so I feel like he just applies that to me all the time but that's really powerful because those are like my four triggers yeah (laughs) oh my gosh beautiful to hear I love that I love that you say that about Austin and I will say totally transparently Spencer my dear fiance does the same thing (laughs) specifically with water so this might go under the hunger category yeah but if I'm feeling just out of whack hunger slash hydration yes hunger hydration I love that yes if I'm feeling just out of whack kind of disconnected from my body just like I don't know, just kind of off. He'll look at me and he'll say, hey, just out of curiosity, when was the last time you had a glass of water? Oh. Like, oh, good <laughs> question, Spence. Good question. Oh, 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 my God. We love sweet Spence. We love him. We love him. We love him. So I want to I wanna transition just to this last part of our conversation, which is how our knowing contributes to our confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that when we can more clearly hear our gut and trust in its voice within us, we can create lives that are more deeply in alignment with our bodies and our hearts, right? Creating that trust within our bodies is such a beautiful stepping stone to the next thing our bodies nudge us to. In other words, you know, when when our body tells us something and it nudges us in a certain direction, having trust in that nudge and saying, oh yeah, I trust that wisdom and that deep intuition within me. Mm it can help us cultivate such confidence in moving through the world. You know, I think as we've been through this conversation, we've talked about our gut feeling in a lot of different ways, maybe some big ways, some small ways. I know that the tutu example was maybe a smaller way, but I wanted to share a personal story from my first year of college. And this was uh, freshman year, first week of freshman year. I was on a floor at USC with 30 girls. So 
dorm of 30 girls on our floor. Just such a joyful environment. Very fun. All these conversations happening. We had an open door policy, which meant if you're in your room and you wanted to talk with other people, leave your door cracked and people might walk by and say, hey, how's your day? Right. A lot of check-ins. So lovely. But I recognize right off, right off the bat that a lot of relationships were ending during that time coming out of high school, right? There were a lot of girls and women on our floor that were ending their high school relationships because they wanted to explore their college selves, right? I, at this time, was still in my high school relationship with Spencer, who's now my fiance, and um, was just so happy in it. He was across town at UCLA, love him more than anything, missed him obviously, but we were really confident in the fact that we were going to do this college thing together. Separate schools, but we were going to stay in the same relationship. And I knew that deep within me, right? There was no question about it. I I want to be with this person and I don't have any questions about, I don't know, dating other people, exploring myself in that way. That was That was okay for me. I didn't need that. And yet I had several, we're talking maybe five or six different girls at different times come up to me and say, hey, when are you going to break up with your boyfriend? Because you need to explore yourself. You've been in that relationship since high school. You need to go and you need to figure out who you are apart from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And something I, now I appreciated their care and their thought, you know, their thoughtfulness to tell me that. But there was something deep inside of me that felt like it was just screaming no right it was there was something in my gut that was telling me no 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 that's not what you want you really love this person i remember to saying to one of those girls but i really love him i don't want to do that right i don't want to i don't want to and it was such a clear message from inside of me mm-hmm. and that was cultivated through many years of checking in with myself and saying how do i feel in this relationship i feel nurtured i feel connected i feel close So I just wanted to share that story because I think our gut can tell us things in big and small ways Mm -hmm. and in individual ways, in relational ways. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting thing to reflect on. You know, it's it's so funny. You talk about your freshman self and I immediately jump back to my freshman self. And I was in a relationship with my high school sweetheart, whom I love dearly. And we've been together for about three years heading off to the Naval Academy. He he wasn't going to the Naval Academy. So there's something at the Academy called the 2% Club. Mm. And that's because only 2% of like high school relationships stay together by graduation. Wow. So they call it like, you know, graduation. Like it's like, oh, the, the two percenters because they have the small 2% that actually stays together. Anyways, that's a side note. So before I even left for the Naval Academy, I'm obsessed with my high school sweetheart and my mom, my all-knowing mother <laughs> – she knows that like, he's great, you know, family loves him, all of that. And she goes, Kel, I know how much you love him. And I'm, I, you can, I totally like support you. You know, if you want to make it, it's possible. He was going to college down the road. It's totally possible to make it through the academy together if that's what you want. But I just want you to be in tune. If there's ever a point where you get just, just a little excited yeah. to see someone, little excited to get a text from someone, little excited to to run into someone in the hallway. And, you know, you notice yourself kind of constantly getting just a little bit excited about it. She's like, that's not bad. That's normal. And don't feel guilty if you do want to kind of follow that intuition and potentially like explore other relationships. Mm. 
does not mean you will not end up with him, your your high school sweetheart. But don't feel guilty about that. But she's like, but just, you know, just notice that a little bit more. And she told me that before I even left for the Naval Academy. So fast forward January, six months later, mm-hmm. freshman, just got just got back from the holidays. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I was just a little excited to go to chemistry class, a little excited to see my chem partner, a little excited to run into my chemistry partner in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening? Like, why am I why am I putting on a little bit more makeup to go to class and making sure my hair looks okay? And I reflected on that conversation. And I was like, I think my gut is really telling me that I want to explore some potential other relationships while I'm here. Mm. And, you know, obviously my chemistry partner is not the guy I ended up with long term, but like, I really appreciated, you know, that little seed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, take this or leave this, but just like be aware of that feeling. So instead of feeling guilt and shame, I was like, wait, she's right. This is so normal. And like, I think I do want to explore like other relationships. So to circle back, like both sides of the coin that we're talking about, my gut was the opposite. And I really appreciate that, that I, that I listened to it because it's so scary to end things that are comfortable, but thank God I did, you know, thank God. Cause I, my God, I can't imagine being with my high school sweetheart. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a, I'm so grateful to you for sharing that story. I think it's so important to reflect on the fact that there's no right answer when it comes to relationships, right? If you feel seen and connected and grounded and clear when it comes to your inner knowing in a relationship, then that is your right answer. And I love how your mom shared, like sort of gave you permission to say if your gut feeling is telling you something else, that's okay too. And I also want to name too that um, so cool that your mom said that there's uh, in the therapy world, we'll talk about too how attraction in the context of a relationship is normal. It's normal to be in a relationship and to notice like, oh, that other person is really cute, yeah. right? Like that's actually a normal thought to have as a human being, but the the acting on it yeah. requires checking in with your gut, yeah. right? And so the fact that you were able to say, ooh, this is something that feels longer term. This feels uh, longer term in the sense that it didn't just happen maybe once fleeting and then it yeah. was, you know, it's something that you really tapped into and checked in with. And I think, gosh, that's so cool that you shared that story. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to end with yes. a passage from one of my favorite books ever Please. on this topic. The book is by Glennon Doyle, who is a, she's now a, she has a big podcast called We Can Do Hard Things. It's a great one. She wrote a book called Untamed. If you haven't read Untamed, my goodness, is it unbelievable. It's a uh, sort of like a, a biography memoir. It's a little bit more in that category, but it talks a lot about how we can tap into our inner knowing. So I want to read this to you all. Um, these are from two different little passages in the book. And if you hear a page flip, so sorry. It's me actually turning the page. I love it. Turn the page. (laughs) So she says, be still and know. I've read that verse many times before, but it struck me freshly this time. It didn't say pull your friends and know, or read books by experts and know, or scour the internet and know. It suggested a different approach to knowing. Just stop. Stop moving, stop talking, stop searching, stop panicking, stop flailing. If you just stop doing, you'll start knowing. 
It's my daily reminder that if I'm willing to sit in the stillness within myself, I always know what to do, that the answers are never out there. They are as close as my breath and as steady as my heartbeat. All I have to do is stop flailing, sink below the surface, and feel for the nudge and the gold. Then I have to trust it, no matter how illogical the next right thing seems. Because the more consistently, bravely, and precisely that I follow my inner knowing, the more precise and beautiful my outer life becomes. The more I live by my own knowing, the more my life becomes my own and the less afraid I become. I trust that the knowing will go with me wherever I go, nudging me towards the next thing, excuse me, one thing at a time, guiding me all the way home. That's so powerful. And what a beautiful note to end on. You know, like, I love that part about being as close as your breath, like your and her knowing that gut really is your steering wheel. Yeah. Like, you know, don't be afraid to grab it and 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 steer your life in that direction because you like truly already know. Yeah. You just need to tap into it. And I feel like a lot of people ignore it. Yeah. So thank you for giving us permission, all little listeners here, to to stop ignoring it, start tuning into it, and then to like amplify it. Yes. And live live that way. And that's the very last thing I'll say too, which is you named something so important, which is it can be really scary to tap into your knowing. I think in our bodies, we can carry a lot of trauma. We can carry a lot of pain. And so I just want to shout out to everyone, you know, out there. If you enter into yourself and start practice tapping into your, your, you know, practice tapping into your inner knowing and you start to realize it feels very tender, it feels maybe scary or frightening. First and foremost, please be gentle with yourself. But second of all, I so encourage you to go through this process with a therapist, right? A space where you feel held and connected to someone who can support you on that journey. Just want you to know that is always, always an option for you. Thank you, Sam. Amazing as usual. I just, I love how you always come with so many tools, tips, tricks, and resources. You know, I think that's so, like, people don't just want to, like, hear great things. They want to figure out how to apply it to their own life and, like, where to look. So thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thank you so much. This was such a joy. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you're looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. The views and opinions presented here in this episode are those of myself and do not necessarily represent the views of the DOD or its components. Appearance of or reference to any commercial products or services does not constitute DOD endorsement and those products or services. The appearance of external hyperlinks does not constitute DND endorsement of the linked websites or of the information, products, or services therein.